your one gay life. Hey baby, stay a while. Hey baby, stay a while. Hey baby, stay a while. This was the kindest thing anyone's ever said to me, ever. And the most life affirming. Stonewall veteran, Stormy de Lavare. She patrolled the streets and bars of New York and helped generations of us on our way. She was a true superhero of the streets. Stormy did the work we each need to do, one by one by one, being present, paying attention to all the young gay kids on the streets, in the bars, running away from home, coming to the cities to try to find freedom, just the street to walk down to hold somebody's hand without getting attacked physically, verbally, without getting killed. Stormy, I met the way one should meet Stormy, in the street. I was walking into the cubby hall. It was on Hudson Street on the corner of Morton back then. It was a sacred spot. You know, you might say the G spot of dyke culture. You know, back when people met in person, back when people looked each other in the eye. I guess somewhere people are still doing those things. You know, back then, I remember backing up onto the dance floor, just trying to find somebody's groove, you know, like just backing up into somebody's energy. There were no devices between us, no screens, no phones, nothing, no buttons. I was always scared to walk into these places. You know, these lesbian bars, like what, what was going on in there? These, these dyke bars, you know, intimidated me. I guess I was afraid of uh, becoming myself. You know, I felt like I really didn't belong anywhere. But at the cubbyhole, the interesting thing was the door was open. So the door didn't really have to open open. Or maybe Stormy was just there and kept opening it. Maybe it felt open to the street because Stormy was there at the door, you know, opening, closing, like right in that gateway, right, right in that entranceway. It was a glass door. And um, I wouldn't have had the courage back then to pull the door open, to put my hand on like a door handle and pull, you know, open whatever was going on in there to the street, you know, the energy, to open a gay bar door into the street and to enter. I guess lesbian bars did have bouncers at the door or gatekeepers, threshold guardians, really, like spirit advisors. Stormy was a spirit advisor. You know, she was a spirit advisor, gatekeeper, protectress on the street. So I walked up, Stormy was there at the door. She opened the door or kept it open. And the door she opened was to my life. I remember the setting sun, you know, on the west side, on the Hudson, splashed Stormy and the glass door to the cubbyhole. She was tall. She had a tight white fro. She wore a peddler cap, like a pushcart peddler cap, like my grandfathers used to wear, like I wear. 
She had tinted eyeglasses, like aviator types. She was a biracial, dapper, you know, black butch. And she had a calm, resonant voice with New Orleans vowels. And Stormy's presence instantly, you know, calmed my angst. Otherwise, I think I would have ran the hell out of there for sure. I might not have even made it inside. I would have ran all the way to the river, you know, cruise the pier on Christopher Street or let the waves take my thoughts away as the sun set over New Jersey. And back then, the piers just crumbled into the water. It was like broken concrete. And that's where we went to make our dreams. You know, we had the fringe of the city, and the city crumbled into the rivers. Now it's all, you know, manicured, and, um, and the crumble's gone. You know, now it's like polished, polished steel, polished, polished wood, concrete. Stormy opened the door, or kept it open, and slapped a black leather bar stool for me to sit and said four words, hey, baby. Stay a while. And she welcomed me to my one gay life. I knew I was home. Part of me was home in my body, which was a rare feeling to be feeling at home in a lesbian body in the street or just off the street, to leave Hudson Street and get inside and to sit. And the feeling that I belonged in my body, in this bar, on this street, in this neighborhood, washed through me. I could still see her hand slap the cushion of the bar stool. And there's not always an empty bar stool. She might have emptied it for me. And that sound, that slap of her hand on the leather seat was home. I think my one gay life could have never been, you know, out and loud and proud or moments of that, if it weren't for these, you know, lesbian superhero icons, elders who guided, guarded, glittered the way. There were so many. And Stormy, you know, by many accounts, she threw the first punch at Stonewall. And that's a point of contention, right? There's a lot of stories about who threw the first punch. But she famously recounted, I had a bloody eye. The cop was on the ground, out cold. It was a rebellion. It was an uprising. It was a civil rights disobedience. It wasn't no damn riot. Stormy continued the work in the streets. She helped others to survive in the streets. We're blessed to walk around in the streets where we find and recognize one another. The streets where our eyes met, the streets where so many of us found one another and found ourselves. Just seeing her strut around town, her presence, downtown. I remember crossing all the avenues on diagonals and she was a guidepost, you know, she'd just be there in the street. I remember back then dykes I met and butchers I met. I remember the intersections, the moments we locked eyes in recognition of one another. 
maybe just with a nod of the head or a wink. It was life-affirming, you know, for people who otherwise were invisible in society. And dykes were invisible or dismissible. I remember one dyke march one year. It might have been, you know, the biggest night of year I felt we were collectively visible. And I heard a fireman say, oh yeah, let's wait for the girls to walk by. He was at the firehouse, you know, right off the route of the dyke march. It was a dismissive comment, you know, like, oh, let's wait for the girls to walk by. But that's who we were collectively to society, to him. You know, we might have felt a sense of revolution marching down the middle of New York City. Who was topless, who was loud, who was on stilts, who had... um, Puppets like giant vaginas. But to him, you know, to society, eh, it'd be over in 15 minutes. Like, let's just wait for the girls to walk by. And that's uh, that feeling permeated, like, who we felt to each other, to ourselves, and then the outside world. One night on 13th Street outside the gay center, There was what we called back then a baby dyke sitting out on the sidewalk, right on the curb, sitting on the curb. A teenage runaway from the Midwest. She had big blue eyes, short blonde hair, and uh, pierced eyebrows. Uh, Who knows how many piercings? Maybe, I don't know, 20, 30, a lot of piercings. And she looked up at me, and I remember thinking, geez, this butch is barely out of pigtails. We became instant friends. And years passed, and this baby butch transitioned from female to male and eventually moved back to the Midwest and got married to a woman and um, wrote me a testimony to quote here in this story about Stormy. So I give you here the words of my good friend Ian Jack Anderson, another legendary uh, New York performer and all-around dyke savior. Ian says, back in the early 90s, I'd just transitioned from F to M. In many lesbian circles, it was outright unacceptable to be trans. I experienced a lot of backlash. I was no longer welcome in certain spaces. And as an activist in the community, I started to feel the sharp sting of rejection. One day I was walking past the Chelsea when Stormy walked out and said, my baby, how are you? Where the hell have you been? I said, I no longer feel welcome. I don't want to intrude on women's spaces. Stormy raised the brow. Child makes no difference if you're a man, woman, or in between. What matters is how you treat folks and that you do it with respect. Don't let what other folks think make up who you are. It makes up who they are, and their true colors come out. Let your colors come out and shine. Some folks just can't handle that kind of brightness because it shows their ugly bits. Always loyal, Ian Jack Anderson wrote about Stormy. Always full of love and compassion always present for those in need, always ready to fight for love. 
That's a mission for us to embody if I ever heard one. Always loyal, always full of love and compassion, always present for those in need, always ready to fight for love. You know, our lives affect one another more than we'll ever know. So turn to a gay elder and say, thank you for your service. Thank you for your one gay life. Thank you for putting your body on the line years ago so that I could live my life in ways you could never live your life. And when you can, give someone Stormy's message. Hey, baby, stay a while. Hey, baby, stay a while. Hey, baby, stay a while. Thanks for listening to Annie's Story Cave, produced by Street Cry, Inc. To support this podcast, go to anchor.fm, look up Annie's Story Cave, and click support. Or contact me through my website, AnnieLanzalato.com or Lanzalato at gmail.com. This episode was recorded at the Loft Recording Studios and engineered by Al Hemberger. <laughs>